You're listening to Sibling Talk, commentary from a progressive point of view. Now here are your hosts, John Paulette and Mary Jo Tumer. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I'm Mary Jo Tumer. You know, Mary, I, I had a pretty good group of friends in high school uh, who I still see. Uh, when I get to Cleveland, we have breakfast. Of course, you had an amazing group of friends from like high school and college and even grade school. It always amazes me. You're still kind of in touch with this whole great group of friends. And, I, you know, I was thinking about it because I remember one time the idea came up for my friends that we were going to go to Euclid Beach, which was uh, the old style amusement uh, park down on, on Lake Erie. And there was a lot of disagreement about it, but there was one of my friends who I remember said, I don't want to do that. Otherwise, some people said, well, we should take a bus down. We should have our parents drive us. We could do this. We could go on Wednesday. We could go on Friday. And kind of almost unheard in the middle of all that was the one guy who said, I don't want to do this. So we all came to compromises. We all came to agreements. We would do it on Thursday. We would have our parents drive us. All of these agreements were made and it all came to naught because the one guy, the same as he has from the beginning said, I don't want to do that. It reminds me of the infrastructure bill that we're going through right now because we've got Joe Manchin, Mitt Romney, Lisa Murkowski. They're trying to agree on one set of things. Uh, the progressives trying to get an agreement. Well, if you vote for that, then you've got to vote for this. And somewhere at the middle of it, I think Mitch McConnell is saying, I don't want to go to Euclid Beach. I'm not going to go. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you tell the one who didn't want to go? Well, okay, that's too bad you're not going. Yeah, wouldn't that have been a good idea? Like just to say, you know what? You're a big fat idiot. Or, or why were you giving him veto power? I, and I that is this this moment we're in as well. I think many Democrats who worked hard and spent a lot of money to um, make sure a Democratic victory and the House, as narrow it is, actually they lost more in the House than one. Nonetheless, like why are you letting that guy hold up going to Euclid Beach? I don't know. And I, he, we're not going to go on the flying turns. We can't go on the racing coasters. All of this. And that is kind of how it feels. And by the way, I'm going to call that guy. I'm still in touch with him and tell him, I don't care whether you want to go to Euclid Beach or not. <laughs> I know it's yeah. torn down, but I, I, exactly. I'm going to go. But I mean, the shape we're in, I think, if I read the situation, is we've got a group of Republicans who are working very hard on some form of compromise. Uh, they, I believe, are going to the White House today to present to Biden, you know, this is the deal we should make. It would only focus on what we're coming to call hard infrastructure, uh, you know, roads, bridges, old-fashioned Republican infrastructure. And crucially, it will not do anything to change Trump's tax cuts. Uh, it will not touch those in, in any way. What they feel like, the Republicans feel like they've given up, is they wanted to do a gas tax. 
But the Democrats say, no, gas tax hits poorer people and middle income people disproportionately. So we got all that here. And then the progressives in the Democratic Party that say, if we go along with that, then you, Joe Manchin, we're talking to you and your friend Kristen, you guys have got to vote on the human parts of the the bill. Uh, and we're going to have to do that without Republicans. We'll have to do that by reconciliation. Do, do I roughly have it? Before we started listening to Nancy Pelosi, she's doing her weekly press conference, and she she said it plain as day. She said there is no deal without a commitment for the other budget items that we have. And one of the things that seems to me has gotten lost in this discussion that's so critical is the climate change infrastructure issues. I mean, here we have the West Coast is roasting and we have what's predicted to be a more um, another deadly hurricane season throughout the South, the Southeast. All of this stuff being climate oriented. And you know what's interesting, John, is here in the mid, I mean, I know they call us the Midwest, but I'm gonna say the Great Lakes region, summer could not be better. It's 70 degrees and sunny and we have our fresh water source. So I guess part of us could be like the Republicans, like, ah, that old climate change thing, don't matter to me. Climate change issues are so extreme that um, the fact that they're just getting lost in this discussion is troubling. And the one, uh, Senator Markey is from uh, Massachusetts. I think he's Massachusetts, right? He's the one that's saying, here, this is the non-starter, the climate change issues in the infrastructure bill, and they're nowhere to be found. In fact, the Republicans are even fighting about taxing the use of the um, electric charging stations. And, and the environmentalists are saying, wait, if we want people to move away from fossil fuel for vehicles, we've got to tax the hell on a gas, make it free to use the charging stations. So it's all mixed up. It, well, it is mixed up. And I agree, climate is, is part of the non-starter. I'll tell you another one for me, is the Democrats' apparent willingness to agree not to reverse any of the Trump tax cuts. That would be a non-starter for me. The Trump tax cuts were wrong. R-W-O-N. G. Wrong. <laughs> RW, R- so you're, you're doing a Trump spelling. Right? Yeah, I'm doing a Trump spelling. They were wrong. They were, you know, don't tell me about job creators. Don't tell me about trickle down. That was all a lie. The only truth that was told was when Trump went to Mar-a-Lago and walked in on the evening that was passed and said to his buddies, I just made you people a lot of money. We should change that. We should change the individual tax tax cuts. We should go to the kind of wealth taxing uh, that Elizabeth Warren was was talking about. We have an inequitable tax system. And to allow these to become more and more permanent by not reversing them now 
is wrong. I'd add to that over the years, this goes for decades and decades. When people said they wanted to spend more money, but they didn't want to uh, increase taxes, they always said, well, we're going to take care of fraud and loopholes, and we'll get a lot of money if we just clean, clean that up. Of course, it never really happened. It's got a little different form now. We're going to uh, enforce the tax code more, and that will force the wealthiest people to pay their, their fair share. But we won't have to actually increase taxes. I say nonsense. They hire a new set of accountants, uh, a new set of tax people, and they will continue to find ways to evade the taxes. It's built into the system. Now, should you get that money from them? Absolutely, you should get it. But to think that we're going to fund it from that. And secondly, to say, well, let's look around. Maybe some of the money we allocated for COVID, we actually haven't spent. I, I don't like any of this. Let's go to the heart of it. The wealthiest people in this country have got to pay more in taxes. I like Biden's formulation, $400,000 and below, absolutely no increase of any any sort. People have got to pay their share and we have to build infrastructure. That's what I think. So, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, that is a good way to look at it. The thing I'm struggling with is why, and this is back to your Euclid Beach story, why were led by the Republicans who would not support the things that the Senate, Biden, and the House were elected to do? Because the stuff that we're fighting about is or the, the republicans are fighting back on are very popular with the american people so uh, a more equitable tax system pulls very well um, infrastructure pulls very well and also solving some of these care issues which i think you referred to kind of as you know, how do you care for the elderly how do you care for young children so that people can work and afford to still take care of their families. It's, you know, the rest of the developed world seems to be able to do this, we do not. So it's not as if it's not a doable thing, it's just where are you gonna allocate your, and I felt like the decision had been made in November that the reason to be allocated to support people's ability to work, to contribute, and to take care of, whether it's the elderly or preschool kids. It felt like that decision was made because, and that that is popular with the American people. And yet we're letting a very small group of people stand in the way of doing what we all agree needs to be done. And that's very frustrating to me. And I know this is back to the filibuster issue, um, which we've talked about so many, so many times in so many different contexts. But this is one place where I think the Democrats, if they intend to be uh, you know, kept in power in two years and then in four years. They've got to just grow up here and do it. I think you're absolutely right. And you know, there's a phrase that's used sometimes, asymmetrical warfare. Uh, when people are fighting with very different weapons, sometimes we think of it in terms of like terrorist organizations against a ma major power. But I mean, that's really what's going on here. The Democrats 
wring their hands and say, we need to be bipartisan. We have to involve everybody in this. We have to take care of the venerable institution of the filibuster. And the Republicans say, screw you guys. No, we're not going to do it. We don't give a shit what it is. We don't care that we just set a precedent on nominating and approving uh, Supreme Court justices just in the last term. No, nah, we don't do that anymore. Uh, we have a new rule and we will enforce it that way. I mean, it really is the Mitch McConnell view of the world. I'm going to do what I want and I don't give a damn about you. And I think when you talk about growing a pair, I think uh, voters are going to hold that against the Democrats. If we have failed to get results, even though we might be able to say, but, but we played so nice. We really did. I no, think I, it'll affect the election. I do too. I think that people are, nobody remembers that bills were passed by one party or the other. If you ask the average citizen how many Republicans voted for the ACA, they'd say, oh yeah, I think a few. Actually, it was none. People don't care about that. They care about results. And so I agree with you. I think that 2022 could be a bloodbath if the Democrats don't get it together to do some of the things that they said they needed to do. They don't have to do them all. People understand you can't get everything done, that there is a compromise, there's negotiation to get this stuff done. But to end up with the only thing that you did was getting shots, I think it's going to be enough because there are big, big problems to solve. You know, the other part of that is the voting rights bill, which we've talked about. The system may be so rigged against Democrats going forward, then in a sense, it's not going to matter. And the country that we are afraid is, is going to exist is going to exist. I mean, sometimes I get so discouraged by it because... Um, between gerrymandering and the state election rules, maybe there's nothing that can be done. But it feels in Congress, in the Senate, done to move us forward on these infrastructure care issues that will change people's lives in such positive ways. That can't be bad politics. It can't be. And I want to point to one more specifically. Joe Manchin, I, I don't remember if it's the speech he gave uh, right when he knew he had, had won the presidency or if it was closer to the inauguration. I'm not sure. Joe Biden, Joe, Joe Biden I'm sorry. And Joe Biden said at that time, he knew that the reason he was in the White House was because of black voters. And he said, I will have your back. And I'll tell you the one he better have their back on is the police reform because mm -hmm. if police reform meaningful police reform does not happen and we can kind of put with that uh an effective rational crime bill that helps to reduce crime in our cities if those things didn't happen the black voters who came out in great numbers and pushed him Push the senators in uh, Georgia to victory very well might say, yeah, that's what it looks like to have our back. You know, John, it's interesting you say that because I have, I don't think I've ever missed an election, even a midterm 
weird random election in my life, but I would be hard pressed to get out and fight like hell for the Democrats if they just keep rolling over and rolling over. I'd just be like, why bother? And that's sad to say. It really is sad to say. And I, I mean, I'm so grateful that we count Joe Biden uh, as one of our loyal listeners. So I know he is getting this message. <laughs> now, of course, the Joe Biden I'm referring to lives in Peoria, Illinois. He works for John Deere. The name is just <laughs> just a coincidence, but he listens all the time. Go, right. jo- go Joe. Go Joe. Talk Bye. to you. Sibling Talk is a JMP production. Theme song by David Paulette.